Broadcasting live from the island that depicts the real-world place of Venice, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome, everybody, to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham, and I'm here with Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. Not actually in Venice, unfortunately. No, yeah. no, we're, we're still all at our own homes. But hey, we could have changed our Zoom background to Venice. That's true, if we were on a Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to imagine that I'm virtually calling in from Venice. For my own sake. Yeah, that's a that's a rich mental image. I'm going to join you in that. I'll, uh, mm. I'll be right there. I'm stopping in at a bakery for some croissants for us. Oh, can you get me something with raspberry jam in the middle? Absolutely. Graham? Thank you. Oh, yeah. Just just like a normal, yeah, a normal croissant, but that's like the kind that it's, it's expanded so much that it's just a big cavity that I can fill with my own jam. I'll order coffee from the front desk. Thank you. We're going to turn this place into the luxury suite eventually. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have to send security to dig us out. (laughs) Today on the show, we have some questions you have given us from the LRRMTG Twitter, because we haven't done a QA and a mailbag in a little while. And before that, we're going to touch on the latest different secret lair and its ups and downs. And before that, we're going to remind you, of course, that the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR to let them know that we sent you. And we do that because we think they're great. We love working with them and they have excellent customer service and very fast shipping. And you can tell them loading ready run sent me button, please. And they'll give you a little one inch button, which currently says mill is canon. (laughs) And of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Speaking of things you can do with your money, you can support Extra Life. Extra Life 2020 is well underway, and Wizards of the Coast does tend to be a big supporter of it, which is great. And they have a whole bunch of stuff that they're doing for Extra Life this year. Among those things is a secret lair drop featuring four cards with alternate art, and it's all sort of themed around the importance of family and children. And so there's Teferi's Protection, Amulet of Vigor, Collected Company, and Consecrated Sphinx, of all things. <laughs> Consecrated Sphinx taking care of all its little humans. <laughs> it's it's hey. a considerably less freaky-looking Consecrated Sphinx than the original. He's the Confather. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he has his babies. Yeah. We, we consecrated this Sphinx. Now we need it to protect us. The Secret Lair is going to be available from November 6th through 9th and is going to cost $60, and 30 of that will go to Extra Life, benefiting Seattle Children's Hospital. So it's actually just a regular-priced Secret Lair that you pay an extra $30 that goes to charity. So, I, I don't know. It, the cards you get are, are outside the usual like price price setup for a regular secret layer like it's the, it's the biggest value for like before the printing or whatever so there is that but yeah how cool would it have been if wizards was like 30 dollars secret layer and we're giving all the money to charity because we're a big company and we can afford to do that rather than just providing an opportunity for you to give money to charity as if you somehow the consumer didn't already know that you could do that yeah 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 if you want more bang for your buck in that regard, they are also selling playmats 
on the Ultra Pro shop of all four of these new pieces of art, and the playmats are $22, $16 of which goes to Extra Life. That does sound closer to cost, actually. So that's yeah. kind of sweet. There's also going to be auctions for uncut sheets on the Watsi Charity eBay page, ebay.com slash Charity. That'll be going up between October 29th and November 7th. And it says here, these sheets range from German 5th edition <laughs> all the way up to Ikoria showcase cards. And there's even a sheet of Mystery Booster Convention Edition in there. Hot date. Yeah, and those those are 100% of profits and fees from the auctions go to Extra Life. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of figured when you said they were doing a lot of things, probably a bunch of the things they were doing would be like entirely charitable. So that's nice. Yeah. And there's some other things as well. There's a creator contest basically that they did before where people in the creator program compete to see who can raise the most for extra life. And the top eight teams get codes that they for an art style and arena that they can give to their viewers. So that's cool. They're doing some special streams and stuff. And so, yeah, it all seems pretty cool. I'm just sort of like prodding them a little bit on the secret layer thing. I, I think they maybe might not have taken as much of a hit in terms of people being annoyed by the cost of the secret layer if this wasn't just immediately on the heels of that secret layer. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, which other secret layer are we talking about? We've talked about secret layers a whole bunch. Oh, it's the Walking Dead one. That's the most Yeah, the walk, one, right? the, the yeah. the intense feel bads of the Walking Dead secret layer. Right, exactly. So this is a return to like a normal secret layer type product where it's just a bunch of reprints of magic cards. The art is really cute. You mentioned that there's like a theme, but if anyone's just listening to us and not like looking at the cards as they pop up, the art is all family centric. It's not really the cards so much that display like a connection to family. It's just that they've been given new art with a bunch of cute kids rolling around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like the a Johnny smiling. Yeah. Yeah, the collected company is really, really great. I love the tiny, tiny little Leonin. There's like a couple rough housing in the background it's good stuff yeah and then the community's response to this was one of you know immediate jubilation that this art was created and then also unfortunately like one part of the magic community reared its ugly head and decided to post a bunch of really gross photoshopped images of the teferi teferi's projection art with like teferi's daughter being like thrown up in the air you know the way you do with little kids and then like she's photoshopped then onto a bunch of gruesome scenes of her dying and of course like Teffrey and his family are black. So this is just, you know, incredibly toxic and inappropriate. And yeah, I just wanted to take a minute to say, like, please don't share that stuff. Please don't like it. If you find yourself laughing at that, check yourself. Maybe stop subscribing to us. Take stock, you know? I will say that, like, I personally, like, I, I follow a bunch of Loading Ray Run fans and Loading Ray Run people, obviously. And, like... It, it was nice. A lot of magic Twitter drama or magic drama in general, like I only get secondhand. And so I will say a nod to this, like, you know, I've had to like spout something kind of harsh or whatever. But also, like, if you're listening to this, probably you're not those people like. And so kudos to you. My interactions with people that listen to this podcast and watch our streams have been overall really positive. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you for being such a such a great gang of people. But yeah, if you did find yourself like wanting to share that with your buddies, maybe maybe check yourself. Yeah, I I feel really lucky that we have the community that we do. And that's not by accident. And it's by, you know, years and years of cultivating that community by calling out stuff like that. And so, yeah, 
I don't know. If you think photoshops of Niambi being crucified are hilarious, then you won't be missed. Sorry to lose you as a customer. Goodbye. Word. Word. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like the long road to having the awesome LRR community that we have is like marked with these, you know, milestones of like pointing out that someone needs to go or like that the following thing needs to stop. And and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, I guess that's all the housekeeping on that. Did want to at least to at least talk about that, especially cuz I I think i mentioned this to you as well nelson that one of the more prevalently retweeted photoshops was from the judges academy discord and they have responded to it you know maybe not as completely as some people would like but in a in a vacuum that one didn't seem nearly as problematic as some other ones and that one went around a lot and i wanted to make sure that people understood that there were a lot worse like really bad photoshops of these floating around out there and that this is not all a reaction to that one that existed in the context of the rest of these other things that you maybe didn't see i hope you didn't see them that's what we're talking about the entire response to that from a segment of the community again it's not the community but sometimes it's tough to know how everything shakes out Speaking of our community, we put the call out today on the LRRMTG Twitter account for some questions. And here are those questions as pruned down by James. So, Questing Weast asks, The reserved list is dead, and you've been put in charge of reprints. How do you choose what cards get reprinted, and how do you go about it? Oh, kettle of fish. Dive on into that kettle of fish, Nelson. What do you what are you well, feeling? So I've always assumed that if the reserved list dies, like this is this is just an idea that was proposed by some some other customer or fellow player or something. Just like it's actually what it's basically the same as the what Adam called the fire philosophy that time that we had Gavin Verhey over at the, the PPR when when Gavin asked Adam, you know, what do you think FIRE stands for? And I was like, hmm. Fuck it. Reprint everything. <laughs> so it's like if Watsy ever actually folds, they could do a last set that's just like beta plus the best of, you know, the first five sets or whatever. And, you know, they could do it all with splashy art or whatever, whatever they have handy. Maybe they would only use the original art because that's all they have access to and just hastily throw together this set that they just know people will gobble up immediately to pay off their debtors or whatever. So that's kind of the weird nightmare end of magic scenario I've always envisioned. But if instead they were like, we want to make these cards again for whatever reason, who knows? Probably they're just supposed to tease one out every year in a master's set, right? Like you don't need any other good cards in your set. Sorry, I mean, they'll put good cards in. They like doing that. But you don't need any other cards that have a like secondary market value to sell a $25 booster pack or even a $100 booster pack if that booster pack is a lottery ticket for like what was previously, you know, a $4,000 piece of power. So yeah, I mean, that that's probably how I would do it. I would strike up a deal with Nestle or Hershey's and just insert one into candy bars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not, not wrapped or anything, but just like... <laughs> Not not wrapped. Just yeah, not right wrapped. in there just, with the chocolate. Yeah. And, you know, I think I'd be up to that challenge. Not wrapped rem- reminds me of the first run of, like, the only run or whatever of the Zendikar Priceless Treasures. I mean, they were in packs, obviously, mm. but mm-hmm. they weren't, like, in a special part of the pack. I guess they were at the back or something, but it's like, they were just, a bunch of them weren't in mint condition. Like, so it was just like this played, you know, 
Mox Ruby that would be in your pack of Zendikar. And it's like, it kind of feels like, you know, the golden ticket or whatever. It's like, yeah, just shove them in there every 10,000 packs or whatever. But yeah, no, I, I feel that that would be an appropriate, like, desecration of that idea. I'm I'm fully in favor of reprinting the, the reserve list, by the way, because, you know, why not? Sure. <laughs> Cast everything you love into a black hole. But just like getting getting like a chocolate smeared Valk. Mm. Yeah, no, that that would feel right. Sleeve it up. You've got a gauntlet of power, but it's like so warped because it's been wrapped around an O'Henry bar. Oh, yeah. Like a bunch of chocolate bars aren't aren't wide enough to hold a magic card, right? You've got like a Mars bar and there's like a freaking Tolarian Academy or something that's been bent around it. Or like a Twix uh. bar where the card goes through it like a sine wave, <laughs> right? Is woven between Oh my gosh, you bite into your Kit Kat like an animal instead of breaking it apart. And then you just like in between, in between the layers of the Kit Kat. Mm. There's your Black Lotus. Get this Nelson a raise. His ideas are on fire. <laughs> just just building on your initial proposal, sir. There's just nougat. There's nougat on my mocks. <laughs> I'd like to apply to be Cameron's yes man. <laughs> Want that to be my new position on this podcast. You're hired. Huh. Awesome. Okay, go with me on this journey. You don't announce it, and you just very slowly start putting them into packs, like random packs, like in all of all of Kaldheim, put like one, okay. <laughs> maybe two, so that it's just like someone finds, you know, like a mox in their pack of Kaldheim, and they're like, what the? Hey, everyone, there was a mox in my pack of Kaldheim. No, there wasn't, Steve. <laughs> oh so like you want to try and gaslight the audience where it's like no 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 it looks like just, a fake just, card well what it doesn't have an expansion symbol what is it is I, it is it a priceless treasure where you just you made a new beta card and then you weathered it just rub it on the concrete yeah yeah <laughs> just, just, just very slowly increase the print rate so that there's just you slowly reintroduce them to the world God, that would probably be better for the collectors than not reprinting them even. That'd be yeah. amazing. Because every time you like print a few new copies of something, it like raises the hype level for that card. Although it also usually floods the market, right? But every now and then there's a reprint that increases the price of something. It's so weird. Next question from Karu is, will any formats face extinction or at least a severe reduction in players as a result of the pandemic? I already forgot how to draft. I mean, I haven't drafted in person in a very long time, save for the PPR, but I'm keeping up on it online. But I mean, I don't know. You pass the packs in a pentacle shape, right? You just crack them in the middle of the table and then pull one. In Is turn. it you, you overarm when you're passing to the left, but underarm when you're passing to the right? You have to pass the left and the right? Oh, at the same God. time just half the pack go left and the other half goes right <laughs> i barely remember if you're supposed to take the land out <laughs> you were for a while and then you stopped that i remember actually well that's just needlessly confusing it was it was so awesome because there was which set was it was it m19 was it magic origins there was what what set was nickel bolus the ravager in that set had you know the the transform nickel bolus that was like a four four flyer for four on 19 the front i want to say yeah yeah i think he was like the only transform card mm -hmm. in that set and then they also was it the same set where they were reprinting that goblin from future site no no that was an unset sorry anyways so you could get a nickel bolus but you usually got an into play tapped common dual land but you could also get a basic land and you could also get a token, right? Right. Oh, maybe yeah. the token thing's wrong. No, maybe the token thing's right. I can't remember. Anyways, it was like you weren't supposed to take anything out of the pack. 
It's like you're supposed to draft everything. I think the token thing is right. I think it was like you would always get a token and then sometimes you would get two tokens. Did they do that one set? <laughs> Bonus token. Yeah, you're thinking of M19 and there was definitely a thing where yeah. you often got a dual land, but you sometimes got a basic, but maybe also you got this nickel bolus. It was weird. Like it was confusing as hell, but honestly, nothing bad ever happened because all that ever happened was sometimes people took out a basic land when they weren't supposed to. And then at the end of the draft, you went, hey, where's my last pick? And yeah. then everyone like looked through the garbage and was like, here, it's this mountain. Here you go. It's your last pick. Thank you. So, so, I mean, I guess the question is like, are there formats that are losing players because they can't play in person right now? How's the local Highlander scene doing? what local highlighters like there's nowhere to play right like we can't sorry i actually did open yellow jacket back up in september for four tournaments because as we were planning in july bc had a day with like zero cases and like the island didn't have any cases for a while then in august it started to creep up and then by the time we started it was like oh no school's open like things are starting to happen so it, we'd like shut it back down again almost as fast as we started it but we did have like you know six players one time a lot of people obviously are keeping their distance and not interested in even trying to return to paper magic and then in terms of web play uh canadian highlander there was a thing going for a little while but i mean it's work to organize these tournaments and like no one's being paid for it right now so it kind of fizzled out as people have different priorities so it's tough i mean i know that there are still players they're playing in whatever way they can like with their friends on over webcam i'm doing that a little bit but it's certainly not at the you know kind of rate it was historically even getting like 16 players out twice a week at yellow jacket you know i I don't imagine in victoria there's that much action kind of you know that Mm -hmm. many matches taking place yeah worldwide you know highlander is still happening i have to assume commander's been hit pretty hard yeah i mean it's the year of commander though too and like spell table came out and like there's been the command fests but yeah people are making a real effort at using stuff like spell table or just you know webcam commander games you know getting like a like a little gooseneck arm and putting their phone on it and stuff like that. Like people are, you know, making a go of it, but you can't play commander on arena. You can play it on magic online, but it's, it's not the most amazing experience. It's not amazing. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Actually playing commander on magic online is sort of neat, but it doesn't really feel just like commander. Yeah. So like, th- like the thing is, it's not like those people are going to stop playing commander. Like commander is not going to die. Like there are not, less players playing commander they just aren't playing it right now so i don't actually think there's any format that's in danger of just going extinct as a result of the pandemic i think just a lot of things are going into hibernation until we're allowed to see people in the meat space again yeah like i've heard that like pioneer is kind of in torpor right now Mm -hmm. i think it's there's some magic online players right but like you can't get the the big paper tournaments rolling yeah pioneer modern in-person draft obviously people with those kinds of decks i don't think are going anywhere really like i don't think you know if if you if a modern tournament doesn't fire for a year because of the pandemic right those decks don't disappear that's true i just think commander actually is in a better place than all the competitive formats because like i'm a competitive player and i i miss playing magic in tournaments and i just don't like playing online as much as i like playing in paper in person so i'm just not you know, I've lost a lot of my drive to play, period. Uh, like you said, Graham, like the formats are just going into hibernation. But I think if you're a commander player primarily, you know, at least when you get to play a webcam game, it's like the stakes are what you normally get, right? Like I like I enjoy playing commander over webcam almost as much as I enjoy playing commander in person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've really enjoyed the commander FMPFs. And I, I enjoy whatever paper magic or paper magic over webcam I get to play. 
but I mean, I miss playing tournaments and playing on Magic Online is it's flying business the same, obviously. Yeah. Next question from Patrick is which bear is best? Patrick says, I'm going for bear cub personally, but I'm curious as to what you guys have to say. I did a quick search on Scryfall. Do you know how many bears there actually are in all of Magic? Less than 40? It's There's only 24. It's less than 30. Really? There you go, yeah. yeah. Wild. It's just we've seen grizzly bears a lot. I want to say Bearscape, which is, probably isn't on that list, but the bear tokens from Bearscape. I just love Bearscape. I think it's I, great. Yeah, Bearscape is great. What's the queen from Modern Horizons? You probably know, Graham. Oh, yeah. Ayula. Ayula. I think I got to give it to, uh, is it Guild Mage? <laughs> mm, nice. That's a good one. <laughs> You're just going for two twos for two. That makes sense. That Yeah, good call. Good call. Combo with a, what is it, Lava Spike and a Desperate Ritual? Bang. Mm-hmm. Kill any number of players. See, may- maybe I was just misunderstanding the parameters of what <laughs> is considered a grizzly bear. You can apply whatever parameters you wish. So I'm a big fan of forest bear because that's the one with the art where the bear is going, hey, <laughs> oh, over here. But also like ash coat bear from future sight. I think it was from future sight. It's just it's a two two for one and a green, but it has flash. Ooh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. It's, it's just it's it's a literal bear with upside. It's just like, wow, that's great. I do like that I inadvertently, I'm going to claim this anyway, I inadvertently spiked the price of River Bear after that episode of Game Nights. <laughs> Attaboy. Take it's credit. 3-3 three, three Island Walk for four. Also, I just remembered all these answers are wrong. The correct answer was Brown Bear. Which one's Brown Bear? What? Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Right. Boo. <laughs> he asked which bear is best. Clearly he wanted me to say that. Like the only person who hasn't binge watched The Office during this, during these times. Yeah, possibly it's you. Netflix <laughs> keeps trying to suggest it to me. You should watch it again. It's great. Next question is from David Enkent. Have you, as MTG content creators, this is kind of related to a question that, well, to an answer you already gave at least. Have you, as MTG content creators, had to deal with burnout or just waning interest in magic? And how did you cope? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I coped by going and doing other things. <laughs> Right. Like I, you know, my interest in magic comes and goes sometimes for years at a time when I'm not interested in doing magic. I don't force myself to and I'm able to come back to it with kind of like a clear headspace about playing magic and why I want to play magic. But I feel that that's kind of like a very natural way to handle interest. What a healthy and balanced answer to that question. I want to like call you out as a fake gamer for your mental health. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time Nelson wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be some level of doing the thing as a hobby and then doing it as your job is always going to have some kind of negative to it. Like, do you feel obliged to play it? Do you still actually enjoy it or are you just doing it for the content? You know, there's there's always that. Like after Paul and I started doing Unskippable all those years ago, it's like I'm spending so much time making content about video games that I'm not playing as many video games. You know, luckily, thank goodness for Arena, because I'm able to actually play about as much magic as I ever was. Yeah, that's sweet. I, I'm sad a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that I don't get to play tournaments or judge tournaments, you know, so I was, I was like a person who's very involved in kind of like several magic scenes over the years. Not, not as much lately, because I've just been doing more dadding. But 
yeah, I, I wish I was more drawn to play Arena or Magic Online because there are a lot of cool new cards. Like one of the things about the, you know, we've called it a dumpster fire or whatever of broken cards coming out all the time and like, you know, record times that new cards have been banned is like it is kind of exciting when those cards first come out to build around them and try to figure out like which is the best omnath deck or back when it was like which is the best oko deck or like you know breaking these new formats and standard is actually pretty cool right now it seems like a bunch of stuff is good and new and i haven't gotten to play gladiator as much as i feel like i should because you know like weird pandemic burnout and i really just want to be in a room full of people talking and playing magic so i've been like trying to get myself to like you know summon people playing different games on discord or something but talking to each other and asking for help it's been this like weird plan of mine but the real answer is mostly i've been playing among us in valorant because then you you know have to yell at each other and it kind of satiates that need i have to lie to people and get yelled at <laughs> <laughs> i for me i honestly haven't ever truly felt totally burned out on magic i think because i don't go absolutely ham with it i i played a little less actually i played quite a bit less than i normally do during ikoria but that wasn't necessarily related to the magic that was just because (laughs) the pandemic was going on and i didn't feel like doing anything the pandemic is still going on but i've gotten used to it but yeah i i imagine that if i get to a space where i'm like wow i'm just not enjoying this that i will do similar to cameron and just be like "I, i just need to take take some time off i mean we have had weeks where we've been discussing like hey what are we gonna talk about on tap tap concede this week and then realized like gosh none of us have actually played the new format yeah we for interest or time none of us like what are we gonna actually talk about this week and you know like eventually we've figured it out but i you know there, there, there was one a couple months ago where we actually took a week off the show because we were like we don't we don't have anything to contribute <laughs> yeah yeah real talk and if it felt really good to be able to do that and not feel like you know we have to instead just pretend to have something to say to y'all yeah no i i honestly really appreciated that i felt that that was very honest yeah and i i appreciate i don't know if they listen to the actual content of the show but i appreciate that the folks at card kingdom were like that's cool you can do that mm. yeah absolutely so that was nice I also have seen, you know, members of LRR stop playing certain games and it's kind of just like, yep, that's fine, Mm -hmm. you know, or like take themselves out of certain shows. And that's really encouraging, honestly, like knowing that we all kind of acknowledge to each other that burnout can happen. And when it does, you got to deal with it somehow. Yeah, I am not interested in forcing someone to make content that they're not enjoying because that's just it's it's it is literally bad for everyone. Right. It is bad for the viewers. And for us, and especially for the person doing it. So it's like, this is just a, it's a net loss. Next question from CF. What format do you think would do best in Arena? Do you think they'll ever make MTGO new user friendly? Well, they have actually done a startling number of improvements to MTGO. I, it is still very Byzantine for new users. I don't, I don't think they ever will. If, if they could figure out a way to implement Commander on arena i think it would do you know smashingly yeah absolute gangbusters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know visually i don't know how you would handle a table with four players on arena just in terms of like sheer size on the screen but it would be good yeah like if commander could be implemented on arena that would be awesome i would love to see that i mean i guess it would need to be brawl though right I mean, it could be Commander. There's a lot of cards now. There's a, there's the historic cards. So it, right, it could just right, be right. like 
arena commander maybe they need a new name for it but brawl like, is 60 card too so they, they could do a 100 card deck like i imagine that the arena devs have like mocked up quite a few different ways of presenting commander right like i imagine that this is a problem that they have been on for a while and just can't find a satisfactory solution to it yeah i mean it brings up the question as well of just like how soon is that uh, release for mobile coming because it seems like kind of the same problem right like managing the physical space of all the information of a game of magic mm-hmm. plus all the mm-hmm. information of their you know cute backgrounds i just wanted to say that if they kept jumpstart on i think i'd be out like another hundred dollars since jumpstart came out because oh, i just like man. pour money into jumpstart oh, like i thought I miss jumpstart i thought ending jumpstart after two weeks was real dumb <laughs> oh jumpstart i miss you baby <laughs> i do like that they try to keep everything fresh like keep new options and also keep the menu like the total number of potential options small so that's just like easy to parse what's going on in arena so that's nice but yeah i would be a poorer man and own more cards on arena if jumpstart was always legal agreed yeah no what going back to my earlier answer of taking a break from magic the gathering i think i would just rather prefer thinking thinking about jumpstart right what, how do you deal with burnout i just think about jumpstart i'm filled with warm feelings of happiness i don't think mtgo is all that not user new user friendly but i guess I already knew a lot of the rules of magic when it came out. It's pretty terrifying for right. new for new folks. Sure. Next question from Professional Spoopy asks, in a draft, you are presented with two identical dragons. One has, well, I guess they're not identical, but one has red, this creature gets plus one plus O, oh, and the other has one and a red, this creature gets plus two plus O, oh, which do you take? I mean, it's got to be the one and a red plus two plus O. Oh right like in draft you're usually in multiple colors i suppose it depends like if if i've managed to draft mono red then i'll take the one with the classic fire breathing yeah that that's for sure true i was just gonna say classic fire breathing because typically when you say dragons you mean six mana and you mean a commitment to double red already and i think the way your games play out you don't typically just put all your mana into fire breathing it happens sometimes but it's kind of rare so i prefer the one that just leaves me with more flexibility where i can say like oh i'll, I'll cast this the next turn if i can i'll cast a five drop or i'll just leave mana open on their turn and i'll just pump once so yeah i don't know in draft certainly though the second one offers you more guaranteed damage i agree nice hooray i have we aced that question. <laughs> yeah we got it right all right next question from porter lee asks what is your opinion on long games of commander i.e two plus hours and should people try to avoid building decks that would extend the game too long even if doing so would be better for their decks strategy Oof. one of the reasons that i'm not super fond of commander is the threat of very long games where the outcome has been basically known for the last 90 minutes but the person in command of the game is unable to close it out. I'm also like very, very down on cards like uh, Scramble Verse that just <laughs> that just pick up the game and whoops, <laughs> all broken. And you're just like, it was so close to being over. I kind of love Scramble Verse, but again, like not like, I don't know, kind of. I did get great use out of Warp World once where Kathleen, Matt and I were playing on the ferry and it was just coming into dock. So I cast Warp World, which is everyone shuffles all their stuff back into their deck and then deals out that many permanents again or something. It, the, the actual specifics are not critical, but the point is everyone had to shuffle everything they had back into their deck. 
So we just went, well, note down each of our numbers. Oh, then get off the ferry and then go in the car and stuff like. Yeah. And then like a week and a half later, we were like, all right, we sat down at the moon base and we're like, OK, so shuffle up. You had eight. I had 12. And then we just started the game back up from the middle of the game. Which That's was, fantastic. It was kind of fun. And you and you just like everyone shuffled, put their commanders in the command zone. And then you went and put your warp world in the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's worked awesome. out really well. That's like a bit that we could use for Friday nights if that ever comes back. Yeah. Oh, it will someday. Hooray. He said it. <laughs> I've been saying it the whole time. <laughs> I know. I know. been I'm very just, consistent in my messaging. I know. I'm just wistful about it. I'm sorry. I know. I want it to come back sooner. I can, I'll answer this question too real quick. I think it just entirely depends per person. Everyone's answer is going to be right, obviously, but it really does depend on your personality. And my answer is like, I'll give anyone 20 minutes. Like I like magic, you know, 50 minutes if I have to, but Honestly, after 20 minutes, it's like, we're probably going to be friends or not for the rest of the match. But two hours is like, well, no, I mean, I stopped enjoying it half an hour in unless I'm like making friends or I'm with my friends already. Like Ben and Ben and um, Olivia and I can play commander and like we could not finish a game in three hours and it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, I'm fine with a really long game if I'm having fun yeah. during the game. That said, I have now started playing commander more it's not even aggressive it's not aggressive this is the thing just more i've been attacking people rather than like oh sure no one's really a threat yet so i better not do anything it's like no just get some attacks in mm. like actually fight i know that sometimes our viewers don't like that they're like oh you're attacking so-and-so and they didn't have any blockers and it's like yeah that's yeah the... that's, that's their problem and now they're at 18 yeah James is just chiming in with, ah, the James Turner method. Yeah, James goes aggro because it gets the game over faster. Yeah, game's got to end. Also, somebody's got to win. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Every like, single time. They didn't have any blockers. How dare you attack them? It's like, well, that's their problem. Yeah, should have had some blockers then. I I do think that you probably want to avoid building a deck that is in that is just designed to drag out game length because I, I think that's just kind of kind of not fun but yeah it's like shaharazad was banned for a reason right <laughs> next question from axon is there going to be a ppr for commander legends there will we will have more information on that next week after previews begin but there will be a ppr for commander legends we're pretty excited about it pendy asks best two card combo question mark there's like a correct scientific answer to this, and it's Time Vault and Voltaic Key. Yeah, just but ends the game immediately. Um, my personal favorite is probably Windswept Teeth and Pine Glacial Worm. I always really oh, enjoyed yeah. Niv Mizzet, the Fire Mind, with Mind Moil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I thought that was fun. a really fun thing. Yeah, that's a good one. And they're from the same set, right? Or no. Yeah, you could have drafted two set, One set apart. Yeah, you can draft it. Yeah. Uh, I think Mind Moil was in City of Guilds, the first one, and then Niv Mizzet was definitely in Guild Pact. Hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. But so but you could draft them together in the, the all three sets draft real quick. Nelson, just the cliff notes on the interaction between time vault and voltaic key. Yes. Sorry. So this is like a first set broken combo or no, sorry. Voltaic key didn't come up for years. Actually, there there wasn't a really good way to just untap any permanent. I don't think before it either. So it's like Urza's saga. You have a one cost artifact with an activation of one generic and tap it untap target artifact and then voltaic or sorry that's voltaic key and then time vault is this old weird card that was originally fair for several years and like people would play it and you'd be like yeah okay hope 
you know, if you're going to play that, you better not lose on my my extra turn, where it's it's a two mana generic artifact. It comes into play tapped, and to untap it, you have to skip your turn, which is really neat, and, like, not a lot of things make you figure out how this works, but the, the rules around it are kind of neat. Instead of starting your turn, you just untap this one thing, and then your opponent takes two turns in a row, and then its ability is tap, take an extra turn. So... It's sort of designed as this fair card where, you know, first you have to let your opponent take two turns in a row. And then whenever you want, you can take two turns in a row. But if you can untap it every turn with a card, then you don't have to untap it by giving your opponent a turn and you just take all the turns and there's no way you can lose unless you didn't build your deck to win. And then Cam, the Mind Moil Niv-Mizzet. Yeah, like Niv-Mizzet is a card that really lends itself to a lot of abuse. But this combo, which isn't, I guess, a combo because it doesn't, you know, reset itself, uh, but... It's like a, it's combo esque. The important part is that Niv Mizzet is a creature that reads whenever you draw a card, Niv Mizzet the Fire Mind deals one damage to any target. It also has this ability tap, draw a card. Mind Moil reads whenever you cast a spell, put the cards in your hand on the bottom of your library in any order, then draw that many cards. And it feels really good to have these both on the battlefield cast like a cantrip for one with a full hand and then draw seven cards. Or, sorry, draw six cards. It, it it was nice. It was just nice, right? Especially because you could kind of like repeatedly drill through your deck looking for things. It felt like it, being on a train and just looking out the window as the world went by. It also turned Niv into an orbital laser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like sitting sitting on a train, looking out the window, watching the world go by as uh, Saul from Akira just rains death somewhere <laughs> along the horizon, right? Or like the the god the god warrior from Nausicaa, mm-hmm. just fires beams of of energy overhead, right? But you don't hear any of it because you're in the train. Maybe you're having coffee. Maybe you're having a pastry. My favorite part of this combo is just that your opponent reads Mind Moil after they thought they knew what you were up to because they've read Niv Mizzet a hundred times already. Yeah, yeah, because everyone assumes that you're going to put on like what, like Sigil of Sleep or one of the other auras that just. Untapped yeah, you're, they're getting ready for curiosity and getting comboed out or whatever. And they're trying to watch out for that. And then you play Mind Moil and they're like, huh? And then yeah, they're like, OK, all right. This is probably also bad, I guess. Yeah, and like curiosity ends the game, but that sucks. Right. That's yeah. boring. <laughs> I don't like that. And then you also mentioned Nelson Windswept Heath Panglacial Worm. So this is just Panglacial Worm. It's a favorite card of mine. It's a 9-5 for 7 from Cold Snap that just says, while you're searching your library, you may cast Panglacial Worm. It also has Trample, so it's a 9-5 Trample. And Windswept Teeth searches your library for no mana. So, you know, you just crack a fetch land and then you can get an extra threat out of your deck. It was an important part of the technology of one of my first Highlander decks that was really bad and would always lose to Grixis Control. But I, I like playing Naya Ramp and it was like a fair ramp deck. And this way after you had like just kept jamming large creature after large creature into your opponent's counter spells, you had one more that you could go get at the end of their turn and then untap and then, you know, you at least make them play two counters in one turn cycle. I suppose it might also be worth mentioning with a reminder that this show is brought to you by Card Kingdom, the ever popular channel fireball combo. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important that you you start off the previous turn with a lightning bolt though yeah you gotta you gotta get them right don't make the mistake i always made where i'm like aha 20 you die (laughs) yeah you get them down like one or two points and then you just use channel to turn all of your life but one into mana and then throw that mana at their face with fireball yeah this the secret first half of the combo is two more cards a mountain and a black lotus yeah (laughs) then you don't have to then you don't have to wait until turn two Mm -hmm. yeah 
but you're not ready for that conversation. We've got two more questions we can get through. Get through makes it sound like this is some sort of tremendous weight placed upon us. But no, thank you for your questions. Ross asks, what are your personal opinions on proxies, whether they are names scribbled on a land or a printed alt art? Uh, generally, I'm, I'm for them, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would rather people be able to play with the cards they want to play with. That being said, you know, it feels a little bad to like lose to an inkjet printed time walk, <laughs> right? Where you're like, huh? Okay. I mean, I could have done that too. <laughs> Maybe I should be doing that. What am I? What am I doing? <laughs> right? When when you lose to a black to to a swamp that just says black lotus, yeah, then that that feels a little a little off. If somebody needs like a missing piece from their deck and they just haven't been able to find it anywhere, that's fine, right? That's totally fine in my books. Mm -hmm. I like that there's a Desert Bus volunteer who has a whole collection of Canadian Highlander decks that are primarily proxied because they'd otherwise be very expensive that he traditionally has brought to the backstage area of Desert Bus in case people want to jam Highlander games and learn about Canadian Highlander. And it's just like, here, just play with these decks. Find out about the format. And it's like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's an outstanding use of proxies. Yeah. And if you want to have, I've seen some amazing work with like digital printing of doing like really cool altars and stuff. And if you want to do that too, as long as it's not scantily clad anime girls, go for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Keep, like it, the, keep it, uh, keep it family LGS appropriate. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the waifu cards I'm not so fond of. Yeah. At least upgrade to scantily clad American cartoons. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a big problem with it. I Like, I guess, I don't know. I, I assume the question here is like more to do with are you cool with them in your play group, I guess? Or are you just looking for, because it's like, what do you think about proxies? I don't know, I'm fine with it. But I I have to assume, because I saw some some discourse about this with people, you know, being like, what's what's the problem if I have like two proxies in my commander deck kind of thing? And I, I don't know. I, I ultimately don't really mind. Obviously, you need to double check with people beforehand, like the people you're playing with. Be like, yo, are you cool if I do this? And you can't do that in a sanctioned event, obviously. But yeah, eh. F. At FNPF, I think it's worth noting, like, we will sometimes actually play proxies if we can't find the card. And that's like for Canadian Highlander or probably sometimes for Commander 2. I know for Canadian Highlander, it's like, especially when we were doing the leagues, you know, it's important that everyone have like as competitive a deck as, as they want, right? Because we're keeping track of points and we're trying to show like tight matches or whatever, like serious, you know, sort of one versus one competitive play. So we, we allow proxies there, but it's usually as few as possible. So that's that's like an inside LRR thing. And then otherwise, yeah, I would just echo the same sentiments like Cam went through the whole stages of grief of realizing like if your friends are going to play proxies, you should play proxies too. And if proxies are allowed, yeah, you should play proxies. But proxies aren't allowed in tournaments or sanctioned play or like in-store play, usually pretty frown, pretty pretty not down. Like if you own a magic store and someone's like, hey, do you mind if I come in here and I play the paper clips against like the people who gave you their money to play that you're usually going to be like, oh, I'd rather you buy cards from me. <laughs> If you're going to sit at my table and like wipe your cheese hands on my chair, right? Cheese what hands. A, what an evocative turn of phrase. So I was trying cheese to think of, a, I was just trying to think of like Cheetos dust, but I just went straight for cheese hands. And now they call I'm, me cheese. Exactly. Hands. Now I'm just thinking about like salad, salad fingers. Yeah. Like cheese hands. Second album was just not a word to follow up. <laughs> uh.
All right, last question from Squirrel Lord. Do you guys like blinging out your decks on paper or arena? If so, how do you bling out your decks? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I try. I, I, go ahead. Love finding them foils. I try to bling out my deck by having no foils and no cards that aren't in English, and and no cards that don't have or that have no cards that don't have text. Mm. So that's the opposite. But you're <laughs> throwing yourself into contrast by having none of those cards. No, I really, I really do like foils and textless and foreign cards. But I've kind of been through the whole gamut, and I ended up in a position where I lend out my decks a lot. So I just started kind of receding from it where it's like, Oh, if you got foreign cards, then the players that you lend decks out end up having to make more judge calls during the tournament, just to you to find out what their own cards do, which is like kind of the most embarrassing weird thing in magic. And then like with foils, it's like, I don't know. Foils are kind of this whole kettle of fish. Like if you, if you're trying to buy and then sell or trade, you know, trying to move your collection around regularly, foils are kind of awkward sometimes where they're like, you know one they curl like they do weird things like i lived in a house in in fairfield and it was just like too cold (laughs) so one winter just a whole bunch of my foils just like turned into the letter c so that kind of sucks and then also like you'll find some people like foils and some don't so then just like being able to sell a card is harder but some foils are really pretty so i can't help it yeah i don't have like a a firm yes always foil rule it kind of depends because there have been different foil treatments over the years as well and some cards look amazing in foil and some cards look kind of not great so it it depends but i do like the full art or extended art textless kind of things the really cool man i love the ikoria showcase oh art my god with the really like graphic comic style mm, art mm, for all the mutate mm, creatures yeah. those look amazing i love so the good. i love all the landfall creatures from zendikar rising I think they look amazing as well the, the duels the like expedition duels from zendikar like the 2020 fancy treatments of cards are so good looking mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean, that being said, I do prefer Old Border. If the mm, Old Border sure. version exists, I want it, right? Especially mm-hmm. in foil, where it's just the border itself that's foil. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's similar to the new treatment that they're doing for the Commander Legends foiling. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. So that's so that's neat. Didn't know that. I'm also a huge fan of art altars. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I can get those, I do. They're pretty expensive, you know, like... You're literally like buying a bespoke magic card, basically. But I'm a huge fan. If you haven't seen Eric Klug, go go follow them on Twitter and check out their webpage. Klug Alter is pretty pretty great stuff. Card Kitty, the first one I met, also quite good. Yeah. On Arena, I do the same. I definitely use cool sleeves. I tend to do them thematically to the thing. Like, I don't have the whole gamut, but if you happen to run into me in the queues and my deck has an Orzov sleeve, chances are high I'm running black-white. But the the lands, I also definitely do. I tend to use the, I mean, full art if I can. I quite like the unstable ones, the borderless ones. They look really nice on Arena. I use the Nyx ones a lot, the ones that look like Pokemon energy, because they just brought... Mm. theros beyond death back to a quick draft this week so i've been cycling those back in but yeah because it's like everything gets reduced all tiny when it's on the battlefield anyway so i may as well use the the fun full art ones i was doing a lot of the ones using uh the full art godzilla frames when i was playing zendikar <laughs> it's like hey wait a minute word up why is godzilla on zendikar yeah yes sorry i would have thought this goes without saying uh, always play beta basics if you can i mean <laughs> That's just a gimme. Yeah, I mean, also, does anyone not have 
their four of beta bolts. Please. Yes. Please. <laughs> Only have the Highlander playset, unfortunately. Oh, well, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> help, help. My boss is going to kill me for my beta bolt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is everything that we pulled out of your questions for this mailbag episode. Thank you so much for submitting those questions. Do appreciate it. And of course, thanks always for listening. One more fun piece of housekeeping is the Zendikar Rising nicknames. The nickname website is now fully operational. So if you head over to lrr.cc slash nicknames, it will take you to the nicknames website and you can submit uh, your suggestions for nicknames and then we will read the most voted ones on a future episode. So head over there even if you don't have any suggestions yourself so that you can be a part of that process and upvote the ones that you like and uh, we'll share those in the future. For now though, I want to thank James for running the card reader and grabbing those questions. I want to thank Jordan for doing the audio edit. I want to thank Heather for doing podcast admin and want to thank all of you for listening and for checking out our sponsor at cardkingdom.com slash LRR. Let them know we sent you and for supporting us directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So this has been Cameron. Hello. I mean, goodbye. No, wait. And Nelson. Good friends call each other out. And I've been Graham and we will talk to you next time. 